Hey there, welcome to ATL and 29, a Peachtree Hoops podcast where we look at the NBA from the starting point of Atlanta. My name is Kevin Chenard. I'm here with Glenn Willis. We're recording, I guess, essentially on the morning of August the 20th. Always exciting time for the NBA. Uh, Glenn, let's talk pro-ams. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's like it's all I see on social media these days. So what else do we talk about <laughs> besides that? Yeah, uh, it has been a while since uh, since we recorded. The Hawks have uh, made some transactions. And uh, maybe to start, and this seems like a long time ago, but uh, how does Frank Kaminsky fit? Yeah, it's, it's interesting to think about that. He's, uh, I guess, kind of functionally a, a Gorgie replacement, right? Um, uh, and the, I think the one skill, probably the one one skill, you, you might think of something else, but that they kind of share for guys that mostly play center is they both can shoot the ball pretty well. Um, and Nate, uh, like many other coaches these days, likes to put extra shooting at the four and the five and their teams are trying to come back for say 10 or 12 points in the fourth quarter or what have you, um, or just have the option to have someone who can kind of provide a little bit more spacing depending upon what kind of uh, junk defense or whatever the other team's throwing at you, uh, throwing at Trey specifically coming into the year. So, you know, I, I think they've kind of, um, you know, uh, offensively at least kind of filled the template that the Gorgie had was, which was if you need to put some shooting out there, uh, that's an option uh, for you. Um, a defense, different, different uh, template. <laughs> we yeah. can start out saying that way. Um, yeah. But he's, but you know, Nate trusts professional veterans. And so in that sense too, this kind of is a, is a fit for the way Nate, the way Nate kind of uh, tends to think about, um, you know, putting different kind of groups together, I think. So if, if he plays a ton this year, something went wrong, obviously. Um, but he has something to offer the team. That's a little bit different than, for the guys who played that position. So that that's at least interesting. I guess the Hawks could kind of backfill by committee and you could imagine some players shifting up a position or something like that. But when you mentioned, you know, if you play something went wrong or if, you know, if you play significant minutes, something went wrong. And he could be somebody that Nate likes, like the Hawks, don't have a back I don't have the same shooting backup four that they had last season like that that was something that was there they could say okay well we need more shooting at a big position we've got a backup four who can shoot he's no longer a hawk uh does does that change the complexion for how much Kaminsky gets used I mean I think the only way that would shift that way is if as Hawks fans like to talk about, if Kongu might actually play some minutes at the four this year, um, it might open up some minutes there. Uh, I, I, I'm not a believer in that yet. Um, Nate is um, plays things kind of by the book in most cases, and that means a Kongu uh, probably not at the four. But you know, crazier things have happened. I mean, eventually, 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 eventually. And Indy, he uh, kind of got some of us to turn around the court together <laughs> and tried to make that work, you know. Um, so that that's the only that's the only way I kind of kind of see that happening. Um, and but also I think we all all know that Travis is always kind of preparing for, hey, what if there's a trade out there? What if we need to 
what if there's a great trade opportunity we have to put a Congo in the deal or something like that? That that scenario, I think, is um, where, you know, again, last year they went from Bruno as the third center to Gorgie, which for a team trying to do something now, that's a better situation for you. Um, and then once again, they brought in a veteran guy who's just going to be mostly competent, even if he has, uh, you know, noteworthy deficiencies on defense. But um, if they had to, for example, move Plant or Kongu uh, to make a big trade that might be available at some point in time, uh, then they have a guy that Nate's going to, you know, not be too irritated to, to kind of shift up into the rotation in that scenario. I, I, I think even though that seems a little bit unlikely, at this point in time, it's been a crazy trade season and there are still looming trades that I guess I think we're all anticipating that could shift a lot of things around the league. And who knows if it might draw the Hawks back into the mix or something like that. So, um, you know, when you're building depth and your head coach is Nate McMillan, just having veteran stable guys uh, that just know how to play uh, like Frank Kaminsky is, I, I think makes some sense and, you know, check some of the boxes that, um, that are there for uh, a team that Nate's going to coach. You kind of already went where my next question was going, so this feels like backtracking, but <laughs> can, a, can a Kong will be the center on offense and the power forward on defense in, in, in sort of a Kaminsky pairing if if times got hard and they wanted to use that pair together? Yeah, I mean, that's a, that's a really interesting idea that hadn't uh, crossed my mind at this point in time. Um but I mean, possibly. I mean, I, we've you and I have talked a little bit about a Kongu uh, not being quite as good, kind of out on the perimeter defensively as, as I think Hawks fans think he is. Uh, a little bit of footwork progress to make, in my view. Um, um, but the, the athleticism and foot speed and kind of you know enough quick twitch kind of stuff is there. That all the raw things are there, and I would not be shocked. You know, he's such a smart player and 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 tends to um add skills quickly and all that so it wouldn't surprise me if we took a pretty big step forward in that department this year and like i said i think he has all the raw skills to do it um so but but conceptually i think that i think that's a great idea you know uh to kind of have them function that way you can imagine frank being in a corner like jc sets up a lot when he's on the court with clint for example right and uh, and Akongu is primarily working on that pick and roll and, and all that sort of stuff. And on the other end, um, can you get Akongu kind of defending in space a little bit more, functioning as a weak side help defender, kind of coming in as a uh, as JC often has in the past, and right. kind of coming in from the weak side to offer more help at the rim and things like that. I I, I don't think that's a crazy idea at all. Um, hopefully, that's Plan C or D or something along those lines. Um, but it's it's always nice to have, I think, a few wrinkles um, instead of just uh, kind of having all your depth be a little bit kind of more of the same, more of the same, more of the same. I think I think when you're trying to problem solve in the middle of the game or middle of a stretch where you're missing a body too, I think having that wrinkle is is interesting and, and could have some value. Yeah, and, and sorry, my dog is sneezing. Um, <laughs> it's just the whole world's sick, Kevin. Oh gosh, that's so. My whole my whole my whole household is uh, dying over here. Oh my goodness, yeah my my kids seem to foray into it every other week. Yeah, my my grown adult kids who don't live with me. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yep. um, you know, I'm not even sure that this is leading anywhere productive, but just you know, as a recognition thing, just because it's been so long since these transactions happened and nothing has really transpired since like 
the backup four right now is, I guess, ostensibly Mo Harkless. But it just feels sort of tenuous. Like he's obviously not the the shooter that Gallinari is, and he just feels like he has a tenuous uh, fit based solely on the fact that I think his contract, if if the Hawks are really you know gearing up towards getting under the tax, like that just feels like a natural move in waiting. Yeah, but but I but I think they can wait like all the way to the deadline and make that move. And, and right. so I think Harkless oh, yes. is a bit, yeah oh, yes. right yeah. Uh, but I think Harkless is has to be a big part of their depth plan, if I could put it that way. You know, yeah. and again, another veteran who absolutely knows what he's doing, uh, absolutely knows what he's doing, uh, has positional versatility and things like that. But I, you know, it, it could be I, you know, I, when I was doing uh, kind of the player capsules with Brad on his podcast, uh, your friend of me, uh, Brad, I one thing I said was like, it's hard for me to know how invested in Jalen they are. You know, are they like really invested in him, or are they like, yeah, you know, if we get around to playing, and, we'll get, and that that to me is the wild card about the power forward position. And and I right. and I said, you know, you and I talked before, and I shared that I think Gallo was the best shooting big in the league from a, from in terms of a guy that provides spacing and provides you know real uh, kind of off ball gravity. You know, mm-hmm. no one has that high release point, that efficient quick release, and you know. In my mind, no one else in the league at the four and five really, really has has that package. Um, you want to get to the guys who can like self create a little bit. That's a different thing. But in terms of a four spacer, you know, things like that, I thought he was the best. And it's going to be a big loss. Um, and, I, and you and I talked. I, I think if you look at the way the roster is put together now, they're going to have to play smaller a lot more than they have the past few years. Which will be interesting to see if that truly manifests with Nate. You know. Um, but that's the way the roster is built. It was like Hunter at the four and, you know, maybe Jalen's in there um, at at the four um, and things like that behind JC. Uh, and then if there's other minutes there, is, is Harkless there playing sort of a point guard, three wings in the big, you know, is that something they will do? You know, well, I think we'll just have to kind of see, but that Harkless looks like a really important piece of the rotation at this point in time. And, um, you know, Again, that's a that's a piece I think Nate is, is absolutely comfortable to have, just a, a knowledgeable, experienced veteran guy. Yeah. Um, you know, going through the August checklist, uh, a thing that I don't particularly get excited about is the schedule release. <laughs> uh, I mostly just sort of see, you know, the, the, the NBA schedule, you know, tends to have a lot of carryover from season to season. So you see a lot of the same trends. The rut that the Hawks have been in for four or five seasons now is that November seems to be a month where they get a strong strength of opponent schedule. Strong, strong, I can't even do that right. I don't know what sequence of those four words is supposed to go right. But, uh, you know, November is lined up as a tough month for the Hawks right. for, for a number of years now. Like the, the first, you know, five, six, seven games have been manageable, but then it always seems to kind of get cranked up right after that. Uh, I don't think that has changed a whole lot this season. Um, it looks like maybe some of the Western Conference games in that stretch aren't that bad, but the the East, you know, it's all the Phillies and – Boston's and Miami's and Brooklyn or no there's Philly Miami Boston 
Milwaukee's in there. Milwaukee. It's like two or three games against every three. single one of those. Yeah. yeah like three three just... versus yeah, three versus Milwaukee, I think. Um uh they kissed Boston once. Uh, I think three three versus Milwaukee, three versus the Sixers. Wow. Are are in that seventeen game stretch that follows the first five. The first five being pretty manageable. Um and so that you're, I mean, I, you're exactly right. That 17 game stretch that comes game six through, you know, whatever that would be um, 23, if I'm doing the math right there, um, tough, tough stretch. And then you get a, a little breather, some breather games, I guess you could say in December and they hit that West coast road trip kind of like they have for a while now in early January. Um, although the West coast road trip is kind of split into two road trips sort of this year. They don't hit. They don't hit that long West Coast road trip. Uh, like they don't. They don't hit Portland on their way down to like Sac and Golden State and LA and LA, which is kind of in the traditional kind of thing. Portland's later in the season, late January and things like that. So at least maybe that's not so bad. But yeah, that stretch. That stretch after the first five games is rough. <laughs> it's 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 rough. Yeah, and it's. You know, to go back to where we were a minute ago, uh, there's not a lot of time to get someone like Jalen Johnson up to speed. It's kind of why I'm sort of expecting a lot of Harkless right off the bat. It's right. just there's no time for adjustments there. Like it's it's hit the ground running. You know, here's Giannis, here's Joel Embiid. You know, you you're going to be playing the best of the best early on, and there's not a lot of time for a learning curve if if Jalen's not ready. Agreed. And that's, you know, and it's going to be interesting to see. And that, you know, the, the international play, I, I think the NBA has learned that if you're going to ask a team to play international games in the preseason, you better make their first couple of weeks manageable. Right. Um, I remember when the, I think it was the Warriors and Kings played in China a few years ago and they came back into like, and the Warriors were a team that was going to be in right prime Playing time games on. Yeah. Well, not only that, but they're going to, like, as soon as the season opens, they're going to put the Warriors on ESPN, ABC, and yeah. TN, you know, all that sort of stuff. So that wasn't, that wasn't the greatest idea. Um, probably just <laughs> in the Warriors overseas. Um, but yeah, that, 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 I think that's probably, to me, that's the reason I got that five games kind of to ease in a little bit, I think. But man, it just ramps up right after that. So um, they, they better be uh, in good shape early. Um, but to your point, it's not unlike it's been the last few years where November is kind of a kind of a tough one. Do you do you have any other big overarching thoughts on the schedule? Any, does, is there anything where it's like, oh, we have to talk about that? No, I mean it's it's interesting to see. Um, like I was I was looking at like when they play Washington, and it's like I don't know what to, like who is Washington going to be this year? Like Washington keeps showing up in every trade room, like. It's about five or six other teams are so in my in my sense it's like the whether or not durant and Kyrie are going to get dealt what ripple effect that has it, for me it's hard to look at the schedule and go oh this is what i expect when they play brooklyn it's, and even like the ripple effect of utah what is utah going to look like what is and then the other teams like the knicks that are kind of in the mix there too and then you get a few other teams kind of uh that are popping up and trying to be opportunistic too like like washington and a few other teams it's like I don't really know, like, I, I don't feel like I want to make too much of the schedule because I don't really know right. uh, what a quarter leagues 
quarter of the teams in the league are, are really going to look like. But I mean, I think I think you have to consume it and and kind of work through it. I I enjoy Graham Chapel always writes a piece uh, as soon as it's released for Peace Hoops. I I enjoy the way. I just enjoy the enthusiasm that Graham brings to that like exercise. That see, that I bring mode. the opposite. No, I know, but I'm I, here to just rain on everybody's parade. <laughs> right, but you're not going to take you're not going to take away my ability to even just uh, enjoy Graham's enthusiasm for that column that he puts together every year. It's uh, even if I I don't even if I am not as intrigued by schedule drop as Graham, Graham's process is uh, just fun and the enthusiasm he puts into that is, is a lot of fun. But but yeah, I, I spent maybe 35 minutes kind of digesting it and I haven't looked at it since. So that, that tells you where I am. <laughs> the schedule that is. So, yeah. You know what does concern me and, and is meaningful even as it happens in August? I'm yeah. I'm very concerned about John Collins's finger. It's enormous. It's crazy. Like every picture, like I'm normally, it's like summer pictures, summer videos. Uh, like every picture of John Collins, I want to see like what does his finger look like, and it's it's just like I these these are like not super uncommon injuries among NBA players, but like his is huge. Yeah. I'm worried. It's, it's crazy. It, every time I see it, I think it looks like like when I'm watching a, some sort of like Halloween movie with my nieces. These they used you know two decades ago it was my daughter I was watching that with, but now it's that's my nieces and and where there's a you know a witch or something and they're trying to make them look as like haggly as possible and and is you know and it's like. <laughs> Like that finger looks like it's like taken out of uh you know uh, some sort of uh a movie like I watch around Halloween time with my knee. It's like that kind of grotesque and just like abnormal and and stuff. But I mean, you know, he's playing he's playing in pro ams, uh, and uh, you know, he's getting out there with Trey and Dejounte, and which is I, I think encouraging considering that you know everybody seemed to convince that he wasn't going to be on the Hawks this year and stuff. Man, that I. I don't know what to expect of his shooting this year. I don't know what to expect of, you know, any progress he might make as a ball handler this year. I, you know, I have no idea like what kind of factor that's going to be, but it, it just looks like it would be at least inconvenient to have that thing <laughs> to work with, uh, with the skills that you need to, to use in the NBA. It just doesn't seem ideal. Yeah. It's, it's certainly something to watch in the, the preseason, the Hawks, are only going to have those four preseason games, two in Saudi Arabia, one in Cleveland, and one in Birmingham, Alabama. That's that's quite a collection of locales there. Um, but, you know, the preseason, a lot of things, you know, you look at it and you toss it out the window. But, I, I you know, one that I want, one that I'm very interested to see is, you know, what does it look like when – you know, he's shooting in the preseason when he gathers a rebound and he shifts it to his right hand to kind of make an outlet pass. Like what, what does it look like when all this stuff is happening? Because, you know, that's, that, that's a big part. And, you know, you always kind of factor in what a player is like and what their skill set is and what they're good at. And it's like, you know, one of the things that he's so good at is he's just an uncanny finisher. He's just such a nice feel for, for, 
you know, putting things in the right spot around the rim. And, you know, that's, that, that could be a, a wrench in the, in the machinery at this point. So uh, yeah, it, I'm very intrigued. Yeah. And, it, and it's funny to think about too. Thankfully we're maybe in a different era, but I've, I'm in right in the middle of reading blood in the garden, Chris Herring's book. <laughs> and I'm like, if this were that era, like they, they would, every time you went to the rim, they would just hack that hand as hard as they could, you know, not, not just I mean, the Knicks, but like a, the, the yeah. Pacers, the Pistons, all those, all those teams, like in that era, and, and I don't think that's completely gone from the NBA. It's not at no. that level it was then, but you get you know a PJ Tucker or you know or, or you know whoever it might be, and they're gonna, they're going to take their shots, you know, especially if he's. And I mean, it seems like these days the difference is that in that era, like they 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 get it to work on that, like right at the beginning of the game. Now they're like, okay, if you make a few shots, if you if you look comfortable going to the rim, then we're gonna then we're gonna bring that. And uh, and t- to your point, he's one of the most efficient finishers in the league. So it's not like uh, it's a, a seldom thing where John gets kind of gets going at the rim. And so yeah, I, I'm I'm worried about it uh, for him and, and and for the team and. To kind of circle back like before, especially considering the fact that their their depth of power forward is curious at this point in time. So you know if yeah, so I think just some see, just just like you said, something to watch and kind of kind of see how that's impacting them. Uh, is there anything else you want to talk about in August? I mean, I I just wonder if this is the roster they're taking into camp. I. I uh, it seems like it is, I think. Um, but I, man, I still feel not great about them not having another uh, point guard uh, behind Train Dejounte. Um, in my mind, Aaron Holiday is not a point guard in any way, shape, or form. And uh, well, know, he's got the form. He looks like a point guard. Oh, he's this, yeah, he's that size, yeah. So with the skill set, you know, is 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 a question there. I I I enjoy what he can can bring on defense, all that sort of stuff. So I don't I don't I don't be dismissive of his value. I, I don't want to talk about his other value, but um, man, I I I just you know, and, and it, I mean, a lot of teams are like when teams start cutting down from twenty to fifteen, that's when we'll have a chance to guy, grab a guy who could be our fifth guard on our roster or fourth guard or whatever that might be. Um, you know, so maybe, and maybe they just feel like, yeah, somebody will kind of come free then. Um, but man, I, I just want to keep saying, I hope they add someone to their guard depth. Uh, I would feel a lot better about this team's kind of depth overall. You know, I talked about power forward and it's be interesting, like how much is Hunter going to play there? And then how much is Jalen going to play? And, you know, uh, all that sort of stuff. There's, there's some, uh, you know, interesting options there. I see nothing behind Trey and DeJounte, and that worries me. So, but, you know, like I said, they may be just waiting for guys to come for you when teams start cutting down for 2015 and just something to keep an eye out for me. So, Jalen Johnson, point forward. Like, that's, I, I say that kind of in jest, but like, if, if, if he has a future in the NBA, like that's kind of what it is. Like it you is? want the ball absolutely. in his hands. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with that. And, and uh, you know, and you, and you kind of talked earlier about like if Frank and Anyaka are playing together, can they kind of switch positions on in the court? And you and I talked about the fact that I'd rather see Jalen playing the three on defense and the four on offense and playing right. with another forward who can, you know, switch uh, on other end. So, and 
and it, it and it's not nothing that that's what they've been doing at College Park basically the last two years. Yeah, you know, is playing four out and and playing through even like Justin Tillman last year. They played through him a lot, you know, um, and he and he doesn't have the uh, kind of the 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 equity that that Jalen has as a first round draft pick and a guy who's really on the you know the roster and all that sort of stuff. So. I agree with you. I mean, it, as we, that's something watching the preseason is that are they playing through, uh, you know, kind of some inverted stuff like, um, you know, the the obvious example and the extreme example is the Warriors, you know, letting Steph kind of come off of screens and playing through Draymond and, you know, and things like that. And um, but there are others. I mean, Horford, you know, did that with Isaiah Thomas his first few years in Boston, and in mm-hmm. Miami does it with Bam and things like that. And um, you know you could see a Kongwu in a facilitating kind of role as he continues to grow. And it could be the five or the four, depending upon what you have out there. So that could be uh, a way to handle that uh, for sure. Well, we'll see, but definitely something to kind of keep an eye on when October gets here, we have games to put our eyeballs on. Uh, in closing, any, any thoughts on Trent Forrest signed as a two way? Uh, I mean, he's uh, another defender. You know, a guard defender that just kind of, kind of gives you something really strong, and that's I mean that's you know something this team kind of kind of has uh, more of is just I mean like I said before like Dejounte I think fans will be surprised at how physical and how strong he is as a defender, and you know Forrest gives you a, a guy you can throw out there you know we saw Phoenix roll dude like guys after guy after guy the last few seasons out there guys are just like bowling ball type bodies and defenders that just kind of be disruptive for whatever minutes they might be in the game and force kind of, kind of fits that. Um, so they definitely seem to be investing um, in their depth more so defensively than, than where it has been offensively. Like it's been bogey and Gallo sort of that, you know, the second unit was built around offense in you know, the last couple of seasons. Now, if you kind of look at those depth pieces they have with Aaron holiday, Justin holiday and Harkless and, you know, and as a two way guy, you know, Forrest and even, um, you know, you look at the other uh, kind of young guys they have too, and um, sturdy, sturdy, strong. You know, you know, uh, bodies, and so it'll be interesting to see that they're trying. I think they're trying to swing their depth more towards defense, and it'll be interesting to see how that how that works out for them. Yeah, I mean, you look at the history of of what the Hawks have done with their two ways under Schlank. Like they they're almost all have been offense guys until this season right. like Skylar Mays and Nathan Knight and you know go way back Josh Majette and Tyler Cavanaugh and you know just there's just this long list of one kind of exception maybe with was Brandon Goodwin but like they're almost across the board unilaterally they've been guys that kind of give you a little bit of juice on offense and hope for the best on defense and now with Shondi Brown and and Trent Forrest they're really kind of flipping that to green yeah, uh, agreed. And you know, the thought process is if 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 Trey doesn't need like that much offensive help because he's going to help us, you know, kind of land as a top five offense, you know, build more defense into that roster, and, and that that seems to be the the shift change. And you know, and that's even what the front office and the few availabilities that they've had as Landry's talked about that. So right, hey, got to be the defense, you know, and the roster definitely swung in that direction. It'll be interesting to see how. Uh, the rotation kind of gets set up and the lineups get set up and, and all that sort of stuff. But yeah, it'll be different in, in that, in that sense. And that'll make it interesting, I think. All right. Well, 
There's your August episode of ATL and 29, folks. Yeah, yeah. Don't think don't life- say we went on on a on a total break without <laughs> giving something out there. So what do you know? When is Media Day? Do you know yet? Is that I mean, published? I mean it's like you know, it's basically a month, whatever it is, like yeah. you're rounding up a few days or down a few days. We're about a month away from, from yeah. the real the real be here before we know it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No yeah. no rush. Yeah, I I mean I mean I've been enjoying the break. Um, you know, even watching a little bit of a little bit of baseball. You know, the Bra- I shouldn't say baseball. Like the Braves. My, my my brothers text me about the Braves game every night, and I watch one in ten nights. And I, and, and so every once in a while, I'm like, I actually have to put it on and partake partake of this texting. And it's it's been a nice breather. I mean, you know, with the COVID impact and the way the seasons have been longer and the off season shorter, we haven't really gotten. A break. I've enjoyed the break. So I mean I'll be I'll be ready when things spin back up I think for sure, but yeah I, I've been uh, I've been enjoying the break so hopefully you're getting some uh, even some extra hours of a uh, pickup uh, as you uh, show up around the Atlanta area in pseudo celebrity <laughs> fashion. Uh, hopefully you're getting enough uh, get enough of that uh, into your summer there too. The, the, the late summer pickup is it's a mixed bag. It's like it's finally no longer. Well, I shouldn't say no longer, but there are finally some days where it is not 90 plus degrees, but the trade-off is it rains 75% of days and it now gets dark at eight instead of nine. So yeah, mixed bag. We'll get there. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. I know where I live, there's an apartment that's not too far away that has a a court that's a little bit of a secret kind of place there. I. I'm still getting myself back towards being able to do that from a, not to bore the listeners too much, but I'm working back from a health issue that sidelined me for a good eight years. And I'm like, I've been getting some shots up for the first time in like a decade. So it's been, it's been fun. My, my knees are, are, are complaining, uh, <laughs> but it'll be okay. It's been, it's That's been fun good. to get a, get a little, get a little bit of a, it's just, it's just one on zero <laughs> right now, but I'm, I'm like 12 months from now. I, 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 I think I might be ready to, uh, show up wherever Kevin's playing one day, and there we and, go, and see what he's got. So that that would be a fun thing towards the end of next summer if we could work that out. All right, looking forward to it. Yeah, we'll have to Instagram live it or whatever that's. I don't know on Instagram, so I don't know what that's called, but we'll have to do something to make that uh, consumable wow. for all of our listeners. So that'd be an event for sure. All right. Well, I appreciate you taking the time to do this. Yeah, thanks, Kevin. Good to have see you again and chat, and look forward to. Uh, when things get a little closer, uh, talking about uh, all the news coming out of uh, the team and all that, and when they start doing organized stuff. Sounds good. Have a good night. Take care, Kevin.